Today, I'm really excited to have my friend, Tim Sekou, with us today. He is the CMO, the Chief Manifestation Officer, and a partner for One Heart, where he gets to pour his heart in selfless service after bootstrapping and successful, su successfully exited his first tech company after the age of 27. So thank you so much for being on the show, Tim. Appreciate you being here. It's an here. honor. It's a pleasure. Excited yeah. to share. Where are you right now, by the way? I'm currently located in Miami, uh, Florida of all places. Definitely wasn't expecting that as I've been kind of backpacking around the world for this past year. But, you know, they say that you try to have plans and God kind of slaps you a little bit to help you realize that you don't have much control. And now I'm in Miami. <laughs> so you've been traveling around the world, totally open space, free spirit traveling. Now that you're restrained to one sure. specific space, how does it feel? <laughs> yeah, I'd say like the normal response is like, you know, I'm bored, I feel trapped, I'm restless. But mm -hmm. as we learn, the choice of every situation is up to you. And I'm choosing to see it as a time to practice stillness uh, through meditation, practice curiosity through lots of reading and all different types of topics. And then just kind of like staying inwards and diving inwards to unravel any any issues and challenges that I've sort of maybe put under the under the rug and bring that more into the light. So the way I kind of relate to all this pandemic, the COVID-19 situations is that this is effectively a giant global ceremony where we it is. Yes, perfect. I'm going to use that word as well. That's a perfect description. Experience the, all the intensity of, of everything. And yeah. it's a, in, 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 in many ways, it's a blessing in disguise. So, and let me unpack why I say that, because a lot of times we get so busy in our daily lives and we forget to look at certain areas of our life. Now yeah. you, we are in the pressure cooker. I'm changing analogies again in the pressure cooker. Now we could see where certain areas in our lives is a little weaker, perhaps certain relationships, perhaps our relationship with our kids, perhaps our health, perhaps, and so forth, so on and so forth. So I'm curious to know from your point of view, what kind of rituals are you, do you have to help yourself get grounded, to get center in all of this, when all of this is happening? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been practicing like sleep, going to sleep at by like 10 or 11 at night to wake up around six or seven. After that, I'll kind of be awake and lay in bed, but just kind of like take some deep breaths. And um, there's a powerful practice where you can state some sort of, let's say mantra or just self-motivated belief that you have in the morning, right when you wake up, because your brain is so primed to receiving at that moment hence why many also agree that it's not a, such a good idea to open social media right when you wake up so I'll, I'll say certain things to myself lately or previously it's been around like i am worthy i am i am loved and it's just you know simple little reminders after that i'll go take a walk i really love enjoy participating in nature i see nature actually as a way to communicate with spirits and and some higher power whatever you believe in and so take a walk make some breakfast. And then just lately I've been practicing like this idea of like, where is my heart at in terms of its excitement? 
So yeah, I still have work and I still get to do some work. However, because there's schedules wide open, I ask myself at this moment, do I want to read something? And I'm like juggling three different books right now. Do I want to listen to a podcast? Do I want to mix some music to stretch my creativity muscle? Or do I want to hunker down and get something done? Or, you know, hop on a call and check in with someone. So I'd say like primarily that's been my practice through this period of time. It's like checking in with the heart and being like, all right, what's going to be exciting right now? And sure, there's not as many options as, as before, but I think that's where the creativity comes into play that you get to embrace. Mm. So I'll share my personal thing with you Please. as well. So one of my, so like everyone else, I watch Netflix, right? I, I, I get into the, the channel flipping as well. And I'm okay with that because as we were saying earlier, for me, it's not so much of seeking of watching a certain show or being entertained. For me, it's like, how do I want to feel? Like what mm-hmm. flavor of emotion? Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I like that. I like that. Right. And, but, but a lot of times I'm not like, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for until, so I have to like flip through different mm-hmm. shows to kind of mm-hmm. like test it on. Like basically kind of like a uh, Panda Express, like try the orange chicken and then like, hmm, do I like it or do I not like it? Right. So that's sure. one way I'm going about it. Another way I'm going about it, I don't know if you ever had hape before, jungle yeah, tobacco. Like hape yeah. is one of those, the things really get me grounded right away really, mm. really quickly. So that's another way for me to just basically strip up all of the mental chatters, emotional chatters, okay. and then yeah. start from, from nothing. That's However, great. the inquiry that I have is a lot of times I'm still unclear what is it that I'm seeking? So I'll be flipping through different audiobooks, podcasts, the Netflix shows, you know, try on the chocolates and, and then the sure. bread. And I'm like, it's still unsatisfied, right? So yeah. trying out all these delicious things, so to speak, but still not quite hitting the spot that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Do you have any mental models, a way to help you be more expedient, be more efficient? in finding the emotional flavor that you're going after? Hmm. That's a great question. I wouldn't say there's necessarily a practice more than an inquiry that I ask myself of like, and I, and I let the, I let the body kind of respond. So what I mean by that is I'll, I'll be like, okay, what do I want to do right now? I have a list of options that I've acquired skills with and everyone has this ability to do so. And and then just kind of like move towards it. And whether it's like, okay, I want to go mix some music and I move towards it and I start touching it and I start, you know, preparing it. And then if there's not continual excitement from the body or the, the heart kind of like beating a little bit faster or just, you know, feeling flow by losing track of time, then I kind of adjust from there. And sometimes I may be completely like in your example, flipping through the channels. And when I notice that I go out side and lay on the head to kind of like center myself be like okay with the sun and the nature and it's really nice weather here um to just kind of ground and reset and then from there i'll listen to some music and usually it's music around classical music or you know the genre of medicine music if you're into that into that world and it just allows me to recenter and then from there i'll check in again and so that's kind of that practice and using the body as a way to to receive uh, the answer so you're actually the second person who told me similar practice. So the moment you notice you're grasping for something, you would then right. shut everything off 
and just go outside to nature to pause. And yeah. then, then once you had that soft reset, then they can, you can choose newly versus just right. incessantly grasping and flipping through the channels. Yeah. And I think, I think of that as like a, as a way to reset in terms of like asking the question, like, what's your intention right now? Is it to rest? Is it to, is it to play? Is it to just be entertained and be lazy? If so, so be it, but just be mm -hmm. intentional by it, with it. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I realize that I'm flipping through channels in that, in that metaphor and mm -hmm. unconsciously kind of going about my day, if I can catch myself, not every time, but if I can catch myself, that's what I mean by like heading into nature or just laying on a hammock outside, watching the leaves dance, watching the wind blow, watching the sun shine, et cetera, et cetera. And then use that time to be like, okay, let's, let's take a pause. What do I, what do I intend to, to do right now or be right now? And more would that bring me joy? So segue to the next thing that I am curious about your point of view on this. So if you look at the yin and the yang, um, symbol, the yang is all about intentionality structure, right? Just, you know, going for a certain thing. Sure. And the yin is about surrender, chaos, yeah. flow. Yeah. So two schools of thought around creativity, following flow, right? And then creating something. One school of thought is our egoic mind, our animal mind instinct is to basically be lazy and just, sure. you know, do whatever. So therefore we got to have, uh, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert. I can't remember exactly who this uh, famous author is. You know, he said, I'm always creative hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning in front of my desk, no hmm. matter what. <laughs> right. So her thing is, let me sweep my temple, make sure it, it hmm. the, this conduit is clean. So then the, the muse can come through me at uh -huh. this specific uh -huh. time. So that's Beautiful. the school of thought of discipline. Beautiful. Another school of thought is let's not force it. Right. Right. So therefore no discipline, just when the channel comes, when the, when the muse visits, then then I'll go pick up a pen and start writing. So right. I'm curious to know your point of view. Sure. Are you one way or the other or somewhere in the middle? Yeah. Real quickly, even before sharing that, you know, I see it as like a very, it's the balance between the masculine and the feminine. It's actually something I'm um, reading a lot into right now on masculinity and understanding femininity more. And masculinity is all around like mission and passion and drive and, and doing. Whereas the feminine is really about love and connection and receiving and, 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 and surrendering, like you're saying as well. So I see a very similar um, path to that, which allows us to kind of maybe sometimes witness if a, if a woman is very feminine and a man is very masculine, you can see that dichotomy very clearly in front of her eyes. To answer your question, I, I, I see it as, as this practice that I recently kind of received, mm -hmm. which is called Intend and Surrender. And so there's actually a very beautiful song that I was listening to titled mm -hmm. that, and it's called Intend and Surrender. So it is the, I, th I see it like, visually see it as like a, a dance between mm -hmm. the yin and the yang or the masculine and the feminine, where I am, a ma I am more predominantly a masculine male. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my default habit is to go create and to go do and to go uh, succeed in this and that. And this past year, this last year in 2019, I've been focused a lot on like the feminine side, which is the surrender, because I know at, at, at some point, my, my egoic mind can only go so far or it can only achieve so much. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's this core belief that there is some divine power and source beyond my wildest thoughts that exist. 
So it's this, it's this balance of like of this dance. I see it as a dance of, of intending, which means you can put out your intention. You can, you can declare something that you want because we are all creators in our masculine core. We are all creators. And at the same time, how can you dance? The experience that are you that sometimes you laugh at thinking, seeing us. Can you review what you Yeah, and I said you can balance with the, yeah, I'm saying uh, you can balance with the, the the feminine side, the surrender side, by connecting to a greater source who sometimes laughs at us when we think we can create everything just by ourselves, and then surrender. And surrender to me does not mean wave a white flag and lay down on your bed and be lazy. Mm -hmm. It means moment to moment awareness of receiving. Um, signals and signs and, 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 and listening to some greater power. And that's why I say I love going into nature because that's my way of communicating or, or, or talking with some greater power source or spirits out there. And so it's this balance and this, this, this dance between put out your intention mm -hmm. and then moment to moment awareness and be listening uh, very carefully. So tactically speaking, I want to make this conversation yeah. very actionable. So tactically bring it back to what you were saying earlier about your rituals, you wake up, no social media, and then you go outside for a walk and during this time, surrender, listen for whatever the, the, the consciousness is coming to you, then set your intention accordingly. Did I understand you correctly? Uh, more so the, uh, the other way, which is I'll go into, I'll, I'll take a walk and it's very peaceful and quiet and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be putting on some medicine music just to kind of ground me. Mm -hmm. And then I can check in with myself, like, what do I want to create today? What do I want to, what's my intention for today? It could be one word. Typically it's one word. And that can be as simple as on the weekends. It's just like play mm -hmm. or, or, or learn. But, but maybe on the weekdays, it's like focus or discipline, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there, I can, if, if I, if I find myself very engulfed in it or, or too into it and I, and I get too distracted by it, I may take throughout the day some time to go back into the hammock or outside and take a walk to kind of like receive or, or, or ask for clarity on certain things that I may be confused about. Mm. So zoom out for a moment. And this yeah. actually reminds me of a conversation I had with one of the guests at June Yoon. He is a hedge fund manager, managed billion dollar hedge fund, and all these other things. He made a very strong point of saying that he doesn't make any schedule for him. Uh -huh. He doesn't plan like months out. He doesn't plan two weeks out. He is very much, uh, what I'm going to do today and tomorrow kind of a guy, uh -huh. right? For him. Beautiful. So because he, he's asserting that when I have more space on my calendar, then I can follow my intuition to, to, yeah. to do a certain thing versus if I plan weeks and months out, then, you know, my entire mental space is, is jam packed with stuff and mm -hmm. therefore I have no room. Mm -hmm. so would you say you're very similar to June in that way in terms of managing your calendar and time? Right. So for me in this part of my life and this mm -hmm. part of my journey, very much so aligned with that. Previously, in the past part of my journey was the complete opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear when I hear that kind of response, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think mm -hmm. it's where you're at in your journey. Mm -hmm. What are you what do you want to create more in your life? Do you want to create more structure in your life or do you want to create more flow in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, that that's why that's the beauty of the yin and the yang, right? It's like balance is the ultimate and the beautiful thing that we all get to experience. Because if you sway one way too much, I mean that's why you see a lot of 
you know, people and hippies get called woo-woo. But then if you flip on the way end, which is like very grounded and, and agnostic or or whatnot, then you're going to be called like too, 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 too much in the matrix. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like, where are you in your journey? I ask myself, where am I in my journey that, that then I want to create more of or invite more of something new that I have not been able to experience yet? Yeah. So it's, for you, it's more of a seasonality or pendulum swing. Almost very much so. Very much so. At this moment in my journey, very much like, like what your guest was saying, like, I don't plan ahead as much. And that's why even when I travel to different countries or different areas of the world, I'll just ask myself, like, where is it exciting for me to go explore right now based on stories I've read or people I've spoken with? And then I'll just make a call and go there. Okay, cool. So let's, let's bring this lesson, th these analogies and metaphors sure. to someone who's watching, who's listening right now. This is a very unique time in our lifetime. Right. For some people who's 60, 70, 80 years old, they would say they, they have told me that they've never seen anything like this, where everyone is at home facing this pandemic, this virus, and it's impacting all areas of life, uh, relationship, career, parental, physical, everything, everything. So it's a very, very unique area of uh, period of their life. So therefore bring this to them someone who's watching this, what would you say to them when they are reinventing, let's say their business? So that way they can take whatever lessons they learned here to go out and practice and experiment. Yeah. There's a practice we do in our, in the work that I do after, after a retreat that we, we finish, you know, it's, it's said and labeled as many by many, it's like a 10 year vision, but let's break it down even easier, which is mm -hmm. let's call it a three month vision and a 12-month vision. Mm -hmm. And the vision, the, the biggest opportunity that you get to change from what you may have been learning before or been told to do this before is to come from a place of your heart and feeling into these dreams and aspirations you intend to create and invite into your life. So what I mean by this is like pull out a Google, create an Excel spreadsheet, put out a three-month, 90 day and a, and a 365 day well mm -hmm. and in each of these columns you have about seven categories which entail your personal life in terms of like relationships with your friends and family and your romantic your your community your work your finances your hobbies etc cetera, etc cetera. whatever whatever place in your life places in your life you you are willing to to make a change or or open to make a change for and then in the 90 day column you well, actually, before that, what we do is we actually write a journal to mm -hmm. ourselves. Met, mm -hmm. Call it one year from now. We can start one year from now. Mm -hmm. And in this journal, you, you address to yourself, like, what, is, what has changed? You use language that has already manifested. And that's very powerful because words are creative. And so whatever words you use and you really believe and you repeat to yourself is, is a very powerful practice. Wait, so you, wait, write up, you, you talked about, that's a powerful principle you just shared. So back up one sentence and say that again, please. Well, to, to recorrect myself, I would say thought is creative. Thought is mm -hmm. creative, which words are the actions to, to start to make that happen. So mm -hmm. any thought one makes has the power or is the foundation to, and has the power to create that mm -hmm. thought. So it all stems from a thought and the, 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 like I said in the beginning of this, the biggest opportunity to shift in this practice versus maybe other times that you heard is instead of like just a thought, 
maybe combine it with a feel. And that's where I feel like may, maybe a lot of people miss or just weren't taught or, or ever advised or told, which is, you know, I always, I've, I've learned this in my Vipassana. It's one thing to like know something conceptually in your mind, but it's a whole different ball game and ballpark when you feel it in your body. Right. So imagine, for example, the last time you had a heartbreak, you feel it in your body. Like, you know what that feels like and you will do anything it takes to not feel that again. But mm. it's not that you have to store it in your memory. It's in your body because you remember it. And so mm. in any situation that happens again, you will um, feel it and you'll know what to do to either avoid it or change that. Similarly, you can apply that in this one year vision in the journal, which is if you can really tap into this place where you really believe one year from now, this has manifested, this has been created, X, Y, Z has been happening or has happened. And you reread it every single day to the point where your body really feels that that exists and that is going to, is happening, has happened. I think the key is has happened. Mm. Your body will, will just store that in its own memory. And mm. what happens now is that any day you go about your day-to-day -day life, you have a million options to choose from, right? Like go to do this, go do that. How do you spend your time here and there? What happens is when your body knows and feels what it really wants and, and based on what you've created in this journal, it will navigate you or help you be more aware of what choices to make in the plethora of choices we get to make on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So after the journal, you, what you can do is then pull up an Excel spreadsheet, create two columns and have it a 90 day and a one year. And then what you'll do is start to implement action items. And that's again, where the, the mass that you're saying we get to create comes into play. And after you finish and put out, put down all of those, now is where you invite the yang or the surrender or the feminine now to come in, where you're gonna be like, look, I, I declare these intentions. I know I'm a creator and I can make these happen. And I know that I don't know everything. And actually, maybe some of the things I created did come from the mind. And if it did come from the mind, it will only take you so far. And so now the practice is to surrender into being very aware on a day-to-day -day basis if what signs are showing up that will guide you towards manifesting and inviting what it is that you dreamt of in that one-year journal that you created for yourself. So quick question, quick interaction there, because I would say it's very challenging to discern the difference between a vision that's created by the mind versus mm. from the heart, right? Yeah. From the authentic self. One may yeah. say it's almost indistinguishable or not. Mm. So I'm curious to know from your point of view, how do you, how do you, how do you discern one is more of an egoic driven, mind driven, cerebral driven, logical driven. One is more of a holistic alignment driven. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have one practice and maybe one question to help distinguish that. One mm. practice is pull up your most favorite childhood song and, mm. and play that in your ears and close your eyes. And when that song finishes, ask yourself what it is you're feeling and use that as a benchmark to know that that comes from a pure place of love and heart because at, when you were young, you, you were very innocent. All of us mm. were very innocent. Um, not, not so much programmed with so many things that our, our mind is convincing us right now. So that's one practice. Pull up your most favorite childhood song or even a song that just like makes your heart like melt away. And, 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 then, and use that feeling as a benchmark after the song finishes to, to, to compare 
when you write something down, is that is that resonating in that similar vibration or feeling in that heart? Mm. A question that you can ask to distinguish after you, you write something down is to ask, does this, what I just wrote down, derive from any programming that mm. someone might have told me when I was young, what a parent or a teacher or a mentor? And if so, do I still believe in it? And if so, then I'd say, I, I think it aligns with your heart. And mm. if not, then that's, then it gets a little bit like, okay, maybe you can dive in deeper to be like, if it is attached to some old programming or your ego, then you get to make that choice and you can adjust from that. And then maybe just tweak it a little bit that then resonates with that feeling that you had with your heart after you listened to that childhood song, for example. Mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So three, three columns. One is the different categories, Category. 30 days, 90 days, right? Yes. So from your point of view, so for me, I have five categories. Okay. It's very easy for me. So five Fs. I actually learned this from uh, Kevin Nation. Yeah. He said finance, fitness, what else? Family, Family. slash relationship, yeah. right? Fun and faith. Beautiful. I so love the, that. This, these covers major areas of my I life. I love that. Right. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful template to use. Yeah, there are different, again, it depends on your core beliefs. Some people believe using the triune brain as a model, physical, emotional, and then mental. So that's, that's their model, three categories. For you, what are some of the major categories that you think about? Yeah, uh, let me pull it up. I actually have it here. Um, mm -hmm. It was uh, health, which is physical and mental, self-image, intimate partner and relationship, Mm -hmm. family, both mm -hmm. present and future, mm -hmm. hobbies and activities, which is we go into your fun, my friends or my community, mm -hmm. uh, my spirituality, my mm -hmm. finances, mm -hmm. my work, and my living environment. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, living environment. That's another thing that's, that's huge that um, yeah. most of us don't think about. And so you now you can, list, you can list all those categories down and then mm -hmm. write that journal entry. And I just want to just say one thing I'd love for you to move on as well. The one thing I think is beautiful is that, like you said in the beginning, this moment we're going through is very similar. If those who have gone through a ceremony, this is a ceremony right now. And, you know, in my work, we go through these, these sacred ceremonies and then we give this exercise for them because it's kind of like a rebirth of, of, of some crazy, unexplainable, ineffable experience that sort of like rewires your brain and, and, and just challenges everything that you've, you've come to know. And this is exactly what's happening right now, mm -hmm. where we're, we're having so much time to dive in inwards. If you give yourself the opportunity to, you have the opportunity to like reconsider and model this it's getting, it's getting, you know, thrown upside down right now. And so this is that perfect opportunity. As soon as you can really um, see that and put it together to write that one year journal entry and then translate that into that spreadsheet afterwards. I would say here, here's actually something that's comparable or parallel perhaps. It's very difficult to have a clear vision or compelling vision during ceremony because mm -hmm. you're in the middle of mm -hmm. a very intense experience. Very true. So, so, so to help people who are going through this, you know, very intense experience, whether it's professionally, finance, financially, relationally, because you're cooped up in the house, right? You're dealing oh. with, you're, you're staring your partner, <laughs> there's a lot of friction happening. So, so a very challenging time. So how do you help them deal with the adversity 
and then and then come up with a vision that's compelling that's 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 very cerebral as well as heart center aligned right. so if we take this similar analogy in in ceremony and this is we're still going through a ceremony right now mm -hmm. um you know you you take it back to the practice of a traditional sacred ceremony which is you go in with an intention and you receive or you you open your heart to receive you you practice meditation to quiet the mind or be able to stay present to then receive answers and signs from all around us, whether it's from people that we talk with that we're staying in quarantine with or sitting out in nature with the grass and putting our hands on the ground and just asking. So I'd say right now is the perfect time to just be asking questions, mm -hmm. receive answers, or just be open to the possibility to receive answers from outside our mind and then take down those notes and, and just log them down. And when you feel like you are coming out of a place where maybe it's the end of the quarantine, maybe it's next week where you feel like you're in a much better spot, we're able to come out the other side or see the light. That might be the time to like review your thoughts and your notes and what you've received and the, and the answers that you receive from some external source to then be able to piece together um, this journal and this spreadsheet after. Mm. Okay. So let me recap a little bit. So yeah. surrender, receive. Don't make whatever thoughts or emotions come up wrong. Just, just, just be open receive. with it. Just receive yeah. and take notes. Right. And once you're at a more centered spot, more grounded spot, then you can revisit the vision and really help concretize like, Hey, how do yeah, I yeah. feel about this vision that I have? All exactly. Right. Again, you know, yes. Correct. And again, at the, at that point, just remember you have the choice to believe anything you want. Um, there's a powerful quote. It's like what you believe you become. So at that moment, you have that choice of like believing option A, which is what you saw and felt and received or option B, which is more of a grounded perspective. And maybe you're not ready to invite that kind of perspective into your life right now, but you have the opportunity to ch choice to, to believe what you want and then make that be conscious that you can make that and then run with it. All right. Beautiful. Again, I want to make this very actionable. So I, so I wanted to hone in on this even more. So say now I have a vision, then what, and there's many different opportunities, the mechanisms to help me bridge that vision between now and the future. Right? So do you have any suggestions on ways to brainstorm on the opportunities and then find the one that's most suitable for Absolutely. So I, I liken it to my own my own journey so far, where I've received this like ineffable, unexplainable vision that I would never experienced um, or uh, expected. Mm -hmm. And it was this vision of like after my tech career, I would go take everything I've learned and go create a campus for alternative healing, where you bring mm -hmm. facilitators of alternative modalities. And bring people who have tried, you know, traditional medicine to come here and do that. And by the way, this is before your one heart experience, or that's correct. That's correct. correct. This is before this my is before. One so you yeah. you you exited this is, all of a sudden. Six months. This is actually six months before I sold my company. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah. already so, your your mind is sort of guiding you towards that healing direction. Well, I'd say, I'd, yeah, I'd, say, I'd say like some some spirit, some greater source guiding me towards that. Wow. And and so okay, so when I, I say that because when I think about that, or I remember I've dropped myself back into that moment. I'm like, I'm a tech person, right? Like I'm a startup founder. I'm a startup junkie. Like I'll go create more web apps or technology startups. That's where I'm focused on, and that's where I'm good at.
yes, knew in deep my heart that this was the path. And I was like, okay, how do I how do I go about this? Right. So let's say you have this vision and you're like, how do I even go about this? The the the, the word is integration, but the tactical piece is small commitments. So what are tiny micro commitments, mm. just small actions that you can take? And if that's still too much, make it even smaller. So for me, it wasn't like, oh, let's go. My like it wasn't my commitments to go find you know land and go find retreat centers or this and that. My commitment mm. of the integration phase was, let's go talk to people about it. Just my friends, people who would understand what I'm what I'm going through. Maybe someone who maybe has a similar vision that I've, I've spoken with. And that's exactly what I did. And so I just, I, I, I started talking to many different friends who either spoke a very similar language of this world of what I'm, you know, stepping into at that time, or in a world of, in a, in, in the world of like, you know, be able to understand transitioning. And lo and behold, after one conversation with one really good friend, he introduced me to the people of the, the co-founders of the organization I'm part of now called One Heart. And that's kind of unraveled the way it is. But the main point here is the keyword is integration. The tactical action item is small micro commitments. And that mm. can be as simple as like your daily eating habits. It could be as simple as like, you know, things that you find unhealthy that you want to get rid of, whatever it is, but find like, like you can like understand what that vision is, but like work backwards to be like, okay, what would it take to do that? What would it take to do that? If that's still too much for me right now, based on where my finances are, or where my life is and my commitments are, let's take it even smaller and smaller and smaller until you can get to like one core commitment that you can either make on a daily basis or on some habitual basis, some repetitive basis. Because there's, as I've learned, there's essentially two ways to make a change in your life, which is either through hypnosis or through repetition. And so you're, you're creating a, a, a small micro habit to commit to, to then repeat over and over so that it becomes such a natural behavior or such a natural part of your life that gives you one step closer to activating or manifesting that vision that you have. Mm. There's a phrase in Chinese, I'm sure you have heard of it, called the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I think it was a Stanford researcher, BJ Fogg, who said, if you want to train yourself, to with a habit of flossing, start with a commitment of one tooth. Mm, yes, yes. So if you just do that, chances are you're, you're not going to just floss one tooth. You're going to go yeah. overboard. You're going to yes. do the whole thing after you Absolutely. start with one. But the Absolutely. commitment is one tooth. Exactly. I right. love that. And that's, that's where I think our behavior gets to start to change and then adopt. And then that's where that transformation starts to happen. Mm. So bring it to someone who's watching this sure. entrepreneur or otherwise, right? They may, they may be reinventing their business. They may be starting a business altogether because their events business is now gone. Yeah. And they're seeing, uh, a huge need right now for, let's say PPE, personal protective equipment, right. mask, facial mask, and things like that. They're seeing, all right. So supply chain issues they are seeing are we need new designs or seeing just a huge mess over here. Right. And if you, so that's a currently a quote unquote challenge and also an opportunity at the same time, how would you help them narrow down their commitment 
So the one thing that I hear you say is just go and have conversations with people who are thinking. That, that was one, line. right. But let's bring this more tactically in the business world because that's mm. still, let's be honest, where my brain lies a lot of times anyways. Mm. Um, Great, perfect. So, so, you know, just some backgrounds, you know, the company I'm a part of is a travel events retreats business. Right. And with all flights being barred and, and, and borders being closed, we've had to completely press the pause button. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to put into action what we've been talking about and preaching and teaching. And so we have to make some pivots as well. And so, you know, when I think about, okay, you realize that something has paused and you need to make a pivot. What we committed to, and this was hard, and I, I'm thinking back and I'm like, yeah, it was a hell of a journey. The commitment was first and foremost, like this, this belief that some changes and that's number one sorry, number sorry, two hold on. Hold on. You, got is, cut out. You, you got cut out so oh, yeah. believe what so say again number one is like believe that change is constant so mm. this this you're you're gonna have to make a change like holding on to something is just the worst thing you can do right now if we just kept holding on to our business believing that borders are going to be open and it's something outside of our control i think it's just doing us a disservice mm-hmm. that's number one number two is like coming with an open mind and open heart to brainstorm what are the capabilities and ideas that we can create with the given resources, the given strengths, and the given people that we have right now. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did. But that's where the hardest part was mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of people are like, let's go do this, let's go do that. And then you have to find the alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's why number three is like this commitment to remembering what your mission is and what you want to bring into this world and not get so caught up and not saying you don't need to consider this, but not get so caught up in like pure profit. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's the hard part though. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. That's exactly what we went through where number three commitment was like, stay aligned and in, in integrity to your mission. Because the more you do that, the more your customers, the more your audience, the more your community will feel and see that to then really want to support you. If you're reacting from a place of fear of mm-hmm. like, I need to make payroll right now, which I understand some of you do. The fun challenge I invite is how can you still create a solution that allows for alignment to the mission and is uh, financially sustainable? And so that mm-hmm. was the, the, the tough journey we went through. But so I'd say those are the three kind of steps we took in terms of micro commitments. And it wasn't anything we had to do more than it was that what we needed to be. And what we needed to, to to stay aligned and in integrity with. So so those are some some tactical ways that we approached it. And so then from there, let, yeah, let, let's actually make it even more concrete if you don't mind. Sure. So did you have a conference call and you just basically get present to in black and white our commitment, our core competencies, here are the opportunities, and used all those things as a filter to see what arrives in the end? Like Correct. concretely, then- is that what you guys did? Yeah, so literally step by step, what we did was we had an emergency meeting calling out for what it is, being like, things are stalling, things are stopping, we got to sort of press pause on our core business. And look, we have option A, which is like, just write it out and not do anything or option B, do something because we have the capability and time to do so. So we went went with option B. Then after option B was chosen, it was like, okay, what are our ideas? And we have a person who's really, really 
his superpower is coming up with ideas. And so we mm. really leaned on him as well as the team to kind of like filter down some ideas from like five of them to like two of them and, then to, and finally to one of them. When we have alignment in that one idea, what we then do that is obviously like virtual, that is financially sustainable, that is aligned to the vision and the mission of the company. And we believe that the customers or the audience would actually very much benefit from that. Then what we do is we start to make action items on how do we quickly validate this. And that's where the whole lean startup methodology comes into play, where you can be like, okay, who's the customer we need to get? Let's go do some development with them. Let's go present this to all parties that need to be in the decision making for this to actually happen and be validated. And then finally get to launch. So we're at stage three. The next phase is actually to launch it. But mm. that only took like maybe 10 days total from start to finish. It mm. was a brutal, it was a brutal 10 days. But mm. Mm. I mean, because I've had, you know, and many of us are business owners, and because I've had a business owner owning experience, I mean, you have to agree that whatever worked in the past, a month or two months ago, and you're stalled right now. Like to believe right now that something all of a sudden will change is just not hope is not a good strategy at this moment. So let's mm. bring it tactically to like commit to those three things I first mentioned and then follow that step by step process to actually put into action um, what you can do. Yeah, I want to bring in an analogy of your house is on fire, right? Hoping and praying that God or Jesus or whatever you believe in to say, take care of the fire for you is uh, not a good idea. It's not a good strategy in a tactical way. So still have your faith and at the same time, take some action to res uh, dissolve and resolve this fire happening. That that's what I'm hearing from, from what you're saying. So surrender at the same time. Right, I have another, take yeah, I have another analogy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, please. There's a way that maybe also be able to see this, which is give or her to be, do have, mm -hmm. right? So, a lot of us as entrepreneurs like to do this thing where we have, where we follow do, have, be, mm -hmm. which means I'm going to go do all these things because I'm reacting because the pandemic is happening. So I'm going to do all these things right now to then have some money to then be safe. Mm -hmm. Let's flip that on its head, which is let's start with the B. So let's like, let's be at peace knowing that and be accepting, knowing that things are changing, be mm -hmm. on alignment, be in integrity, like be, and then fill in the word. And then really like believe that and like uh, live in that. Then that will help you unravel what it is that you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. So like, okay, now I'm in alignment. Now I'm, I'm at peace. I'm, I, I'm accepting. I'm going to go create something that comes from a place of more peace and love versus fear and anxiety and scarcity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That will allow me to have the abundance that comes from that as well. So there's this mixture of like, yeah, you get to be it and, and, and tap into spirit and, and, and some higher, greater power and source to get into that B state. And then it is still part of us in living in this 3D reality in this world right now to take action, to do something with it, and then to have and receive your, your fruits that you bear. Are there any frameworks that you use to help identify one's core competencies, one's superpower? And I ask that question because if it's something that you, a skill set that you have honed over time, it's effortless for you, right? Yep. So it's hard to see it because it's so easy for you. 
fish yeah. doesn't see water is what I tell people. Yep. So yep. are there ways, I know the three of you or the entire company got together and start to think about sort of the core competency superpower question, but are there other ways to really help whoever is listening to this right now, really hone in on the core competency, the core superpower that they have? Yeah, yeah there's these questions that I usually ask myself. One is go to like your three most trusted best friends or people you can just go to for any um, issues or challenges and just be like, hey, what do you see that I just really enjoy and I'm good at? Like, what would you come to me for help when you're facing that? Just ask how, like three. How, how do you make sure that they don't tell you things that they think you want to hear? Qualify really? that. You know, qualify that. Be like, give me mm. this, give me straight up. Don't bullshit me. Like mm. I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I need the honest truth because I'm going through a transition and your answer will greatly benefit and, and um, influence the choices I make. So I need you to come from a place of truth and heart and love. And no matter what you say, I'm always going to receive it from a place of love. And look, maybe sometimes they won't know and that's okay. And, and or they'll be like, well, actually you don't have anything that I would come to then, you know, then that's a time maybe to go explore a new skill that you really enjoy. But let's say they do, let's say they, they say something and you get to uh, practice that two more times, maybe even five more times with the five closest friends and then see what pattern emerges. There's going to be a pattern based on these five people, three to five people that you, that you talk to. For me, it was like marketing, specifically around like content, specifically around community. And I was able to see that. And then when I ask my, the second step is to ask yourself, like, does this resonate? Does this resonate to a point where I actually very much enjoy it to the point where I lose track of time, where I don't even want to look at time because I'm, I'm so enjoying it? And do people really receive value and enjoy my, my creation for them? And so those are some of the questions I would ask from, from there. And you can start with your co-founders or your business managers or your top execs because they're the ones who are always kind of being near you, watching you, or, or working with you. So that's what I would say is like one very easy tactical way to find your superpower. The, the last one, the other way is on the flip end is to ask internally. So it's a fuse between the two questions of like, what do I love and what do I know I'm good at? And maybe you can dive even deeper of like, what am I good at is uh, related to like, what do I not feel is work? And that can be translated into like, what I would just work for free for, mm. you know? And, and there's, these, there's these ways you can keep asking to like, okay, I would work for people to teach them how to community, like nurture community. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that and I would do that for free. And that's because I'm so confident mm -hmm. in myself that I will be able to provide value for these people. And I actually really enjoy it and, and I don't want to be charged for it, for example. And then, and then from there, you can be like, do I really love it? Do I, do, I, do I find myself, again, not looking at the time? Do I find myself, when I look at the time, two, three hours have passed all of a sudden? And so that's just another way of feeling what flow can feel like. So question here on the monetization aspect of it. I love it. I'm good at it. It's effortless for me. I so enjoy it. It's timeless. Then how do I make a living to sustain and, and support myself in doing this? Because it may be totally, it, I mean, this whole thing of virtualization, I, I, I will get more 
perhaps tactical with you guys on what you guys are doing now, if it's, if it's okay to share yeah. is, is, is how do you, this virtualization is new. People are experiencing this new behavior for most people, for, for us is, you know, we're used to it, but for most people it's new. So then how do we charge to support ourselves? I think there's a lot of ways depending on where you're, which company or what industry you're in. But the first thing that comes up is uh, a, a truth that I've come to believe in my startup days that your business model is always a living, breathing creature. It's, it's always evolving. What you believe as the exact model, whether it's a subscription model or a one-time payment or you know $10 right now versus $500 later, it's always going to be evolving. So you, the best thing to do is to make one hypothesis of what the monetization strategy can be and push it out. So if it's a $5 a month subscription for whatever business you're in right now, or if it's a $500 one-time fee right now, what's going to happen when you launch that out and, and, and if, you get if you get money, maybe you're onto something and you can keep tweaking it. If you're not getting any money, there's something inherently not connecting well with the hypothesis of the model you created. Mm -hmm. So in this case, let's say you said um, $500 one-time fee and you're not getting anyone to pay. Then what I would ask you is, are you targeting the right audience? Is the right audience, and then, and then from there, if so, are you positioning your value properly? I mean, that can go into all these different discussions, but the main point is the business model is going to always be evolving. So the best tactical advice I can give is like, name one hypothesis right now that you believe could work. And the more you can get that out tomorrow or in the next hour, the better. And if something's not working where you're not receiving the money, then you get to tweak it by asking yourself or even asking your friends who may have signed up or just was on the verge of signing up or your customers, why didn't you sign up? And just go talk to them and then they'll give you your answers. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's not too private, what are you guys up to? Sure. Just doing the... I can I give some, some, some insight. So our original business model is a retreat business. So mm -hmm. we have an eight week program, one week live experience that mm -hmm. averages around $5,000 ticket item. Mm -hmm. And we can nail down our, our target market. We can nail down our, our value proposition, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, mm -hmm. that's working. Now, when that's all frozen in pause, we got to think like, okay, what can we do? So we looked back in our mission statement and the mission statement states, we are here to elevate heart leaders, lives, work, and community. Mm -hmm. The lives have been focused on the, 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 the retreat product has been focused on the lives. So then now we're like, okay, can we, can we work on the next part of the mission, which is the work, the work mm -hmm. aspect of the people we work with. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we started. And again, that's where I said, like, you know, make sure you're, you're being in alignment to the mission and um, providing value. So from there, we're thinking, okay, can we create some model where we accelerate one business and we get a task force from all our alumni who have, who have birthed, who have come through the journey through our retreat, who are business leaders themselves and like go all in on one company and accelerate them as fast as possible mm -hmm. um, through network introductions, through knowledge, knowledge-based transfers through mentoring, through XYZ, you name it. We have 200 alumni that each have their own superpowers they have identified in their lives. They're on a, on a level of consciousness that's a little bit more aware than they were previously. So they can speak a similar language. So there's inherent value.
how can we find a business model, a financial model that will match that? And so what we're thinking is how can we maybe combine either a fee directly charged by the, the company and we're like this accelerated task force to do that, or we raise money from our tribe, from our alumni to fundraise for this fee and the, the investors would get equity in the company and that mm. fund would go directly into our business model to pay us sustainably. I see. It's so a very virtual accelerator model, basically. Yeah, it's I a love virtual that. accelerator model and the, the financial business model is, is supported by our tribe mm -hmm. or our alumni who mm -hmm. are either investors or super angels mm -hmm. that would, would still want to invest in the company but instead of using the money for traditional hiring or traditional mm. marketing that maybe is not make sense right now, invest that fund into back into this, into this community, into this organization mm. who is here to say, we're going to activate uh, a chunk of our 200 alumni to accelerate this business. Your value of the equity that you receive in the fund that you, that you put in will double or triple or whatever value um, increase. Mm. And so there's alignment on all parties there's integrity to the mission and there's value for everyone to be a part of and contribute. So mm. it's, 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 it's novel. It's different. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it may work. It may not work, but it's, it's something that's in alignment. And I think in this time it calls for like new models to be created. So bridging on our earlier conversations about different categories, different areas of life that's important to us. I think especially at this time, it's time to really double down on our core relationships. In your case, this is a tribe that you built of 200 investors slash entrepreneurs. Now, how can you pull resources to support one another as well as seize new opportunities going right. forward? Is that an accurate right. recap? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, it's cool. essentially activating the work side of our mission. Personal life has been very spiritual focused, as I mentioned, through sacred ceremonies and accelerate your personal life in, in your consciousness and awareness. Now it's activating the work side, which is a very key part of our lives on our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And I think tactically, people who are listening to this, my friends, tactically, now is the time to really double down on your advisory board mm. or your personal advisory network. Whoever your best friends or your business advisors, your executives, now is the time to really you know, pull your headspace together as well as going further. If you have a mastermind like One Heart, if you have yeah. a community of people who you can collaborate with, right? Now is the time to do that. And also at the same time too, you can also broaden that even further. Let's just use the COVID-19 as an example. Are there innovations that you can help address this and mastermind this together? This is now is the time everyone is st stuck at home. They're bored. They are, they're looking for things to do. They, they're, you know, they don't have the normal board meetings or employee issues they're dealing with. So now they're looking for new opportunities to create something newly to contribute to this problem that everyone is dealing with right now. Yeah. So it's call them, call people that you want to establish some relationship with. Cause Can I add something to that? yeah, please. When you make that call, when you make that reach out, my first, well, my invitation is to not 
immediately ask, I need your help, rather mm -hmm. flip it on its head and be like, how can I help you? Or how can I support you? And, and that's where that authenticity comes into play. That's where, like, where your heart can really shine. And, and what we've been doing, especially with the community, yeah, we'll, we'll ask for them. We'll ask help when, it, when it's needed. But until then, how can we keep servicing them, right? How can we keep servicing our most close advisors or colleagues right now? And for us, we've been hosting uh, weekly Zoom calls where everyone shares a skill. It's like an op digital open mic where it turns into like a, 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 a show where everyone shares their talent and their mm -hmm. talents are all revolved around some spiritual aspect, some art creative aspect, music aspect, live mm -hmm. show to take in and watch. And what we're doing is just bringing the community together, shining the light on mm -hmm. them, and then spreading like beautiful mm -hmm. art and, and skills with each other. And that's why I say like, in, uh, before asking for help immediately when you call your most trusted network, ask the question, how can I support you right now? So that, that conversation naturally evolves into like, thank you for your support. How can I support you? And that's where you mm. can bring it out. Mm. Yeah. To, to your point earlier, call your top customer, your business relationships, and then just provide that space of listening of yeah. basically not trying to give advice or anything. Cause minimally that's, we, we can all do that. Just hold that space of pristine listening, just allow them to share whatever emotional roller coaster that they're going through. And because that's a decent thing to do as a human being. And now that you're top of mind, then, then you can develop your relationship even further. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. So we didn't actually get a chance to dive deeper into the spiritual, uh, spirituality aspect of it. Do you mind going into that direction? So when you were a, a, a very masculine, energetic driven, intentionality, achievement driven entrepreneur, you weren't spiritual back then, right? And now you have some peak experiences through medicine journeys and community driven things. Now you're more spiritual. So how would you define spirituality? This is now an important area of life. How, what's your definition yeah. of spirituality? I think in the most simple way, I'd see like spirituality as like this all knowing, like deep knowing belief that there's some greater power outside of us that is here for us. That is in the, in the, in, in their role is to support us and our role is to invite that. So that's how I would most easily kind of describe from my experience, what spirituality is. Mm. And then how do you cultivate or deepen your relationship in that area in your life? And there's a quote that one of my, one of the teachers I've embarked with shared, which is this simple line of suspend logic to invite magic. Mm. So this idea of like, what if, maybe starting the question, what if there is some greater power out there? What if someone is watching over me? What if they actually have all my best, uh, best intentions at play here? Maybe keep continually asking that question, what if? But the idea is to suspend logic and be like, oh, that's, that's, there's not enough science to prove this. There's not enough this to prove that. 
And, you know, I'd say like science is very powerful and it can be definitely balanced with that. And in the beginning of time, when whatever happened, there was no science and there was so many unexplainable things that happened that we get to invite that more. And so I think the practice is being open, inviting magic to exist in your life. And that sometimes takes in the form of, of situations that you call a coincidence, but in, in the spiritual realm or in the spiritual world, they call it no coincidence. They, they call it imperfect timing. And what if you shifted that perspective of coincidence? There's no such thing as coincidence and, and more of like, a, that was perfect timing for me. And so it's just these little shifts in your perspective of, of inviting that magic, I think we'll be able to cultivate more of a spiritual exploration. Mm, I appreciate that. Thank you. So for someone who is listening, watching this and being inspired by your story, what's one thing? Because we cover a number of different areas. We, talk, we okay. talked about staying calm, staying grounded, right? During this time of turbulence and chaos, we talked about tactically how to go about finding opportunities, the three columns, yeah. right? The categories, the 30 days and 90 days. Then we talked about what other things we talk about, community, right? Yeah, pivots business right, we talk about pivoting like very very tactical things that they can all do and you're looking at different opportunities all of that so we cover and then now we talked about spirituality so everything that we cover if they can leave with one thing what would you start them out with what's one area of life one little discipline that they can take on yeah, I'm going to come from a little left field here. It's a, it's a, it's a three words that I've, I've come to believe is like my life path and almost like what I would title my memoir. So that's why I would say that this is my message, which is uh, surrendering to service, mm -hmm. surrendering to service. So what I mean by that is, you know, we talked a lot about service. I mean, talked a lot about surrender and creating. Mm -hmm. And, and we haven't talked as much about service, but you know, service and a little bit about it in, in this time right now of like approaching every conversation from a place of like, how can I support you? How can I service right. you? I'd say even one level deeper in, in that perspective is what if you surrender to service? So I see mm -hmm. it as like someone comes to you or you ask the question, like, how can I support you? And whatever they say, you just like, okay, let's go do it. And, and, and see what that births and see what comes about from that. So for example, what if this possibility of you call up your neighbor or someone close and you have a conversation and you ask them, how can I support you? How can I service you? I, by the way, love using the word support or service over help. So it's a little tactical thing there. Mm -hmm. It levels a playing field for everybody. And so when, when, when ask, asking that question, be very intently listening to their, their answer. If they say nothing, you know, maybe even dive in a little bit deeper, being like, like, how can I support you? Just want to ask again. And when they say it, no matter what it is, fall into the surrender part of it and just do your best to make that happen for them. Because some of the most magical moments in my life has resulted from this idea of surrendering to service. And that's not to say you should do that for everybody because you know you get to practice self-care and boundaries mm. and uh, re-energize yourself. It just means that when you're at that point where you feel like you want to and you can, or you're just 
bored or lost, surrendering to service can be a very powerful North Star to unlock doors, unlock opportunities, and unlock magic that um, maybe right around you, you're just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that can take so many forms, but that's sort of the idea or practice I would invite to, to, to practice starting today, tomorrow, tonight with one person and see where that takes you. I love that. Jam on that a little bit more. <clears throat> it's very easy right now in the social distancing, the, the quarantine, the self-isolation, whatever phrase you, you call it right now, it's very easy to go down to that emotional downward spiral of what right. was me, my finance, my relationships, this and that, my business, right? But if you're able to carve out a little bit of mental space, a little bit of time and energy to service others, so your right. focus is on being of service to others versus focusing on yourself, that intrinsically uh, free yourself up to for more mental space, more energetic space, as well as you would just feel good afterwards. And in that, then afterwards, you, you, you will then discover something new about that you could be grateful for and something new that you could, that, that you can, you have more space to move around internally after yeah. that. So thank you for yeah, your presence. Yeah, the only thing I'll, I'll say that I'll add to that is that, you know, I'd say service is also a privilege. I'm not saying that everyone should be doing it immediately if you need to take care of yourself or you're at a point of your life where you need to really, you know, focus on yourself do that. I'm just saying that when you have some capacity, even emotionally, financially, spiritually, mentally, to be able to service someone else, pose that question for them, and then just surrender to it by doing what you can to make that happen, some form of that to make it happen. And I think I think magic will birth from that. Some, some feeling of deep gratitude, some feeling of like, wow, like maybe I can unravel more of my purpose from that because I enjoyed that so much. Last long relationship with someone that who knows, maybe down the line, one year, five years, 10 years from now, is going to be the best perfect person you need for whatever situation you're dealing with. I don't know, but that's where that magic can, a possibility exists. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. So for anyone who are inspired by your stories and wisdom, your narrative, and they want to continue follow with one heart and, and also Tim, you personally, where can they go to follow with you? Yeah. All my social media channels are my name, T I M S A E K O O. Feel free to connect with me, drop a message. So I know where you came from. Um, I'll probably ignore you if this just looks like a spam. So just drop me a message, share what you liked, share what you want to learn more about. I'm happy to connect. And then if you want to look more into the organization I'm part of, it's called one heart the number one H E A R T.com. And uh, you can learn more there. Hey, you know what? Well, actually one thing I did forget to ask you is what do you think the use of psychedelics as a way (laughs) to help go through this period of turbulence and chaos and the unknown? This is a very direct question. I'm just curious to know what you think of it. Um, yeah, not saying that I've practiced it or not, wink, Mm -hmm. wink, but during this time, I, I believe that the intentional, safe usage and practice of psychedelics can really bubble up and bring to awareness 
any fears、mm-hmm. or truths that you have kind of burrowed deep down,、mm-hmm. and bring that to light.、Mm-hmm. And whether that's fear of finances,、mm-hmm. fear of of death, fear of abandonment, or deep truths of like. I really don't like this person, or I really need to tell this person I love them. Whatever it is,、mm-hmm. I think this is what, at this time, one of the most potent usages of, of psychedelics can can do for one,、mm-hmm. which, at the end of the day, is for your growth、mm-hmm. in either you know a fear or self-limiting belief that's unraveled, or a relationship you get to cultivate better with, and using it for those. Purposes can be very powerful at this moment.、Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, the way I see all of these catalysts are well, catalysts and multipliers. If there are certain things that you couldn't let go of, yeah. If there are certain truths that you couldn't see, if there's certain yeah, if you, if you can't get out of the in your mental construct of reality, this is a good way to get different perspectives. Right. There's a, fun, there's a fun little meme out there. His name is Bob, I think, or Bill.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, he said, "This is Bill. Bill wants to go travel but can't. So Bill decides to journey inwards、mm-hmm. with some some psychedelics. Be like Bill.、Mm-hmm. So you know, I think just to throw some humor in it, this is a very powerful way to to journey inwards. This time、mm-hmm. is a very powerful journey inwards to dive into ourselves, bring out any challenges, fears." Beliefs, constructs that we maybe have have hit hit ourselves away from, and 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 face them and bring、mm-hmm. them.、Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories, your wisdom, your tactical frameworks with us. Really, really appreciate you just showing up and embodying leadership in this time.、Okay. I think a lot of people are going through this turbulence time, this turbulent time, this chaotic time. And you know we're looking for more leadership. So thank you for showing up and saying yes and help. You're so welcome. And if anyone needs any support, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll do my best to support you in some way that I can. And、uh, thank you again for the opportunity.